Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Live from the gleaming, streamlined, state-of-the-art studios of OutlawRadioLive.com. The following program is produced by Magic Man Allen, a disc jockey for the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I am the legendary Burl Bear. That makes two of you. That's two of us. The man right there, the brilliant and talented manager to the star, Howard Lapidus. And, and also uh, the uh, about to be inducted in the WERS Hall of Fame. WERS? WERS, yes. Which stands for? Uh, it's the Emerson College Radio Station, which is uh, in the top five of the country. Hey, when it comes to college radio, <laughs> you know more than I'm <laughs> king of college You radio. win. <laughs> oh, and to my left, which is hard to imagine anyone more left than I, is Mark C.G. Boyer. Get checker. I wish I was. I wish I had a pen pal like Mr. Shawcross. No, no, you don't. I don't. No. If you know, people like having pen pals, especially with people who are really in the pen. Uh, oh, that's funny. Have you been working on that all week? Yeah, well, all week long to work on that. Oh, that's good. Because, uh, hey, Burl. Yeah. Not funny. <laughs> uh, our friendly guests on the phone. Yes, they should be. Well, hi, friendly guests. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. This is John Fay. Which, uh, which, have I got one of you or both of you? She whimpered. Uh, as, far, as far as I know, just one of us. Uh, so if that's okay. I mean, which one are you? It's, um, it's primarily my story of John Paul Fay. Well, hi there, John. I bet you don't Hello. open your mailbox anymore. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I don't know. It's all been a little crazy, but I think I'm stabilized for the moment, although I'm on a Xanax, which is always a problem, such as life. Uh, yeah, a few Xanax will help out. That's <laughs> 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 are you, the, uh, are you the, the, the one who takes all the psychedelic drugs, or is that your uh, ghostwriter? <laughs> no, that, that's, that's me. No, and I, I'm the one who, uh, again, it's mainly my project. They didn't realize I was actually a writer and that I could write, so I, you know, it is my baby, so to speak. Uh, well, but, love, yeah, a but, love no, child it, was it, Mr. Shawcross. And, uh, right there. Yeah, well, we, 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 we have to teach Burl how to use a microphone. Hold oh, on. look who's talking here. All right. <laughs> hey, Mark sounded pretty good today. Hey, was the first time in two it's, years. It's been a while. All, all of a sudden, we got William B. Williams here. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Wow. Okay, let's get back I thought it was our... William H. Macy, but I guess I was yeah. wrong. Well, yeah, you look like William H. Macy. So, John Paul. George and Ringo. George and Ringo, yes. John Paul II, or whatever you are. Um, John Paul, the well, guy. Good to meet you guys. Uh, yeah, you I know, hope all is well with you under the table there. I mean, I, I, I hope that you know what you're in for. He does. Uh, I was, yeah, I know. I, I've been a nervous wreck, actually, and I'm living in terror the past few days. Well, yeah, you, know. yeah. you, you've talked to serial killers. I mean, yeah, and what, by the way, well, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. after reading about you, I think you're on the on the verge. That's what scares me. It's funny because uh, fairly recently I, I've uh, stabilized myself again within the past couple of years, but uh, it was real bad for a while. And, you know, it's still always right beneath the surface. I you never completely get rid of it. Now, let's go really... back to the beginning that hath no beginning, all right? Let's go back okay. to when did it first occur to you that you would like to get mail from a serial killer? Uh, you know, it was kind of a uh, 
serendipity, a uh, macabre serendipity type of thing. I, saw that uh, I was film selling board. some of his artwork on eBay back in where you could still sell uh, the murderabilia on eBay. Mm -hmm. And right. uh, that's been disallowed. But uh, he actually wrote to me, believe it or not, and uh, we worked out a deal where uh, I'd give him 50% of the proceeds, and we just developed a relationship from there because we had kind of had similar thought patterns, uh, I guess, uh, scarier that upsetting. is to uh, a lot of people. Yeah. So you, so uh, he's doing artwork in prison, and you decide you'll buy some of his artwork and resell it uh, at a significant markup and split the well, loot. I, I, I actually made some interesting trades with some of his fans online. And I yeah, some, wait, wait, wait! Some of his fans? He's got like yeah, a fan yeah. club. Uh, yeah, I like groupie, groupies. You know that type of deal. Oh, yeah, well, same thing, John Ball. Can you describe that type of an individual to us? What? Uh, I mean, well, outside you know, of you, you, I mean, you're you're a whack ball yourself, just writing the <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> I try to have as much fun with it as possible, though. Right. I, I have yet to cut anything up to let the plot. Okay, so so, so, so so you're uh, you're selling the artwork, and therefore yeah. you begin corresponding with the. Uh, this fellow, and not good for our audience that may be wallowing in a morass of ignorance, which is probably the <laughs> demographics of our listeners. What? Oh, oh, that's a good idea. Why don't we crap all over the audience? Well, it wouldn't be the first time on this station. Uh, uh, tell remind remind our listeners of the man's accomplishments. Uh, well, he murdered in, uh, at least twelve people, cannibalized uh, several of them. And uh, the FBI and police uh, suspect him of at least 19, and he told me there were many more uh, between the United States and Vietnam. Uh, you know, who knows uh, with these people? Yeah. So Normally, when they're caught with something, they, they committed many more crimes. So you start uh, getting yeah. mail from this guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I made some uh, trades on eBay. And, uh and I ended up reselling the artwork, and then he found out, he got my address from one of his, uh, again, one of his groupie fans, and he started writing me, and, uh, you know, we found out that we are uh, very much alike oh, on a uh, number of levels. <laughs> You're very much and, alike? Uh, How many people have you murdered? No, well, I was on the verge, and, you know, that's a point to that. I, I'm actually someone who wanted help, but I, I came uh, dangerously close, you know, the a few bloodbaths, but nobody has died yet. That's a bust. So, oh, good. We're um, glad so, that stopped. So let me ask you something, okay? In light of what's happened in these recent times in Florida, where uh, this young man took out 17 kids or 17 uh, people, as the, right. uh, kids and teachers, um, are you somebody that we should be looking at or be aware of? And I'm, and I'm, and I'm asking that in a nice way, and I, because <laughs> I, I, I know a lot about you. And no, not in, not in that sense. Uh, that's not my style anyway. I mean, my interest has mainly been uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer variety as well, let's say, uh, cannibalism. And I, I've collected trunken heads and uh, uh, latex human face in the mail today, which is extremely realistic from a movie studio. So, so I'm, I'm restarting my collection of heads. How do, how do, what makes you tick that makes you want to do something that gruesome? Uh, I think it's uh, multiple factors, truthfully. I think it's uh, my bloodline and it's uh, the, the sort of natural wiring. And uh, aside from that, I, you know, it gets into a spiritual thing, too, but I won't get into that right now. But uh, Well, no, I'm going to ask you to get yeah. into that because it, it, it's all-encompassing. What, what, what spiritually... What is that all about? 
Well, let's say I've been dabbling in uh, black magic and occult uh, magic since I was about nine, nine, ten years old. Could you pull yeah. a rabbit out of a hat? Uh, what's that? I'm sorry, I missed you. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, they can pull a, rat, uh, a hat out of a rabbit. They can pull a head out of a hat. I, I, I've got a oh, line. No, no, yeah, no. Well, not, not, I'm not talking about. Uh Prestidigitation, which is stage magic. I'm talking about the actual cult. I understand. I understand. Okay, how we go ahead. So, how does Drill that? Uh, so, uh, spiritually, how does that figure into well, what you, you know, do with respect to uh, uh, guys that, that like to uh, what, what's the eat word? People. These people. Well, you, you, well, here's the thing. You wonder where these thoughts do come from because they are straight from hell. They're not even human. And uh, when I was ten, I didn't think the rituals were a success. But then, as I got a little older, I started to wonder because I. Uh, these thoughts, uh, I don't know where they came from, truthfully. I woke up one, one night when I was 15, and it suddenly occurred to me that I might, you know, enjoy dabbling in cannibalism, we will say, for instance, things like that. And it just got progressively stranger. And, again, just short of killing people. And all, all my cases have been resolved, so I'm good there. Uh, but, you know there lot, but, but you know an awful lot about it. You've studied it. You've, you've right. studied Dahmer. What, yeah, I, what I, I on earth? About it. What what on earth? What in this planet? You know, he's at a loss for words. I'm so. at a, I am at a loss yeah, for okay, words. Okay, let, let, let me get back to Mr. Shawcross no, here. Well, we will in a second because we're going to tie. I trust me, Burl. I'm tying this up. What? And I, yeah. What motivates somebody to eat somebody else? What What the hell does it? Well, hunger. Part of it is, well, it's a, it can be hunger, yeah, but it wouldn't be the case uh, with me. It wasn't the case with Dahmer or Shawcross. Some people just want, want complete control and uh, companionship and, uh, yeah, just absolute destruction. It, it's uh, the absolute destruction of one's uh, enemy or perceived enemy victim. Uh, that's also part of it. But, um, for me, it's, it would probably be a combination of uh, elements. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question now. I want right, you to yeah. stop and think of the very first time in your life that you felt completely powerless and overwhelmed. Uh, actually, fairly recently, but like I say, it's a, for different reasons. Yeah, let's but, go back. Uh, that's for uh, your earliest yeah, memory of being powerless. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It's particularly between the ages of uh, uh, 15 and 25, I was uh, feeling in, uh, in that manner, I, I suppose, but uh, when it really hit me. Like, uh, and, uh, you when you were a kid, were you abused as a child? Oh yeah, and I, I wanted to mention that. Yeah, there, there was some, uh, there was a contentious atmosphere in the household, but still, I, I don't like to blame that. Are you? No, we're not talking about blame. We're just talking about situational influences. Right, yeah, I get you. I understand. But the, the simple answer is yes. All right, because that yeah, that so makes that makes sense in an unsensical way. So, in other words, the people right. who have, for example, uh, and it may fit in this category, situational child molesters are not motivated by sex, but rather by a feeling of powerlessness and a lack of control. Yeah, yeah absolutely, right, right. Because uh, yeah, sex is not my first priority, so it, yeah, it would be about uh, I say domination, control, um, that type of deal. But uh, yeah, well, that's know, the thing about willpower. Try it next time you have diarrhea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But I mean, so, so I've been doing well lately. I, I, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I mean, I pulled myself together enough to to write this book, and uh, you know, I brought myself up from the dirt. Two years ago, I was living in the, the woods, homeless, and I, and I hanged myself as well. I attempted suicide, which uh, uh, 
I almost succeeded in, but uh, yeah. Well, well, we're Nobody happy. Found me. I just, we're happy yeah. that that didn't happen. Uh, just for the sake of the audience, yeah, just I, I want to pull this all together for a second. Uh, 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 you wrote a book based on the letters that you received from this guy, Shawcross, who was a serial killer in Upper New York State for the most part, Rochester, New York for the... Rochester. The, for, for the most part. Uh, I, I happened to yeah. live there when this was going on, by the way. And uh, yeah. it's, uh, you know, it was it shocked the city, like something like that can shock a city. Uh, but I, I, I truly remember him, and and my question to you is: All right, you came together because of uh, yeah, you were selling and trading and this, that, and the right. third thing. But yeah. again, you're a guy that's been out there, and you admitted that you're kind of out there. Uh, oh yeah, way out there. There's no question. But uh, like I say, I'm a little uh, better grounded these days. Um, I, I think anyway. Let's 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 keep it that way, and I'm happy for you because it's not an easy thing, and it's something that you no, it's not that you've you've sought help for, and and, right. and the audience and myself, I'm sure, appreciate that. But let's talk about your relationship with this serial killer. Uh, yeah. it, it seemed to be synchronous. There's some synchronicity going on between the two of you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we ended up basically uh, boils down to a couple of. Maniacs offering each other some degree of uh, a macabre emotional support, may have mentioned or not. But uh, uh, strangely enough, uh, you know, of course, there's a sociopathic element there where we don't have the exact feeling that uh, your average person might so, see things slightly differently. Talk to me about uh, that feeling. What is that that feeling that you both share? Uh, it's like, uh, I'll tell you, it's almost like an inner deadness, I suppose. You know, uh, the only times I, I feel alive was when I'm collecting my heads or writing. That's it. Otherwise, I feel like the walking dead myself. So, a, and my grandmother used to refer to me as Cool Hand Luke simply because of my lack of emotions as a child that she noticed. And, uh, you know, my primary emotions are, are anger and disgust and annoyance. At least the yeah. idea is you, this is what they, they, they used to call post-sensate. That is the only time you, it takes more and more input and more and more intensity to prove to you that you are alive. Right, yeah, I, I, I agree, I agree with that. Then, yeah. the, then why sure. the attempted suicide? A very intense experience. Uh, because I didn't perceive that I had a future at the time. You know, it was, uh, you know I was in and out of jails and hospitals and, uh, you know, kicked out of every home I, I had lived in. Uh, so after a while, you just get tired, that's all. But uh, like I say, nowadays I, I see a future for myself, so things have turned around. Yeah, I got I to tell you, you sound like a guy that's totally together. Thank you. You do. I, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, At least you have a sense of self-awareness that many people in your situation do not have. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it's, uh, your relationship with Mr. Shawcross, he writes you all these very encouraging letters. And uh, it was like it was kind of like a father figure to you. Yeah, yes, exactly. I considered him uh, like my third father. I had my biological father, my uncle who was my surrogate father, and then Shawcross finally. And uh, I actually saw eye to eye with him, uh, the best out of the three. So again, weirdly enough, that's the truth. Of the you, you had so much in common. Yeah. Yes. Except yes. he did what you what, uh, what you thought about. What you fantasized. Have you ever had like an MRI on your brain or any of that stuff? 
I actually actually have. It's funny you mention that. I have, and they say I actually have a perfect brain. They can't find anything physically wrong with it. Oh. Maybe they should Again. look harder. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know the, of course, the alcoholism didn't help either. Oh, no, no, no. The alcohol is not known to help anything. No, not, not right. to mention yeah. the drugs. You know, yeah. So, I, And I, I don't like to blame that either, but that, that is a factor in, in all this uh, as well. So uh, I, I consider it, uh, for me, liquid Satan. And, you know, the, the rum. It's uh, Demon it's, rum. Very, What's, what's that, Earl? I said demon rum. That's why they called it yeah, demon, demon rum. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. Uh, yeah, Hunter Thompson. Yes. Yeah, demon rum. Yeah, that's, that, I remember him talking about that anyway. Hunter Thompson. What did Shawcross talk about that, too? Uh, let's see. It's funny. He, he apparently wasn't deeply into drinking and uh, at all. And I, ta- I talked about it with him, about my own alcoholism. and uh, But, yeah, he didn't seem to have that, that issue. Though he had other uh, problems. He had other problems, yeah. And, you know, frankly, if I went on my own uh, career, uh, so to speak, with, with, in that area, uh, it would be far more bizarre, I think, than him. I, again, I consider myself along the lines of a heterosexual Jeff Dahmer or, uh, you know, yeah. or Ed Dean, you know, people. More bizarre, weird type of... Hey, did you... I know what book you'd get off on. Did you ever read the Dan Zapansky's book? <laughs> the the uh, uh, Trophy Kill, the uh, Show We Dance Killer? Uh, no, not that one, no. Well, don't read it. <laughs> I don't want you to relapse. <laughs> All right, that's fine. I like it when you yeah, send a guy right off the ledge. Yeah, yeah that's good, bro. I, well, it's a great book, but I think he just whop, flip right over the edge. Right, I'm, glad for, I'm glad for your years of sobriety. Have a, have a drink. No, no, no. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, I have a bottle within reach. I'm just staying away from it, you know. Well, that's good. We got bottles within reach here, too. Yeah, you're at the bar over there. <laughs> yeah. We're in a, yeah, we're, we're actually yeah. broadcasting from a bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no one's checking ID here either. How much of the uh, material that you uh, in his correspondences do you think is factual? That's a, that's also a very good question. You know, he had a tendency to hyperbolize, you know, exaggerate a little bit. But uh, I think most of what he told me was the truth. I mean, from my perception. Uh, he seemed to like to brag a bit about it, uh, in my opinion. Well, it's the only accomplishments he has to talk about. Look, based on what you knew about the cases, and you know pretty much everything about those cases, uh, the yeah. difference between the record, which you know about, and what he would tell you, which you heard about, much different? Uh, let me see. It's not much different. He, he mentioned a couple of, uh, you know, the Vietnamese, Vietnamese women when he was over there in Vietnam and uh, situations like that. And he alluded to a few more. So what uh, what the cops had on him was just a, a small bit. Well, that's usually the case. It was uh, the, the number that he had in Rochester. Was it was it greater? Do you think than the number he was charged for in Rochester? Are you there? Hello. Did we lose him? He reached for the bottle. <laughs> we lost him. John, you there? No. I, I think we lost him. You miserable slut. <laughs> John. Jane, be... you ignorant slut. Maybe he got disconnected. Good time to take a break. Time to take a break. We'll time take a take break, a, we'll and maybe he'll call us right back. I hope he does. Um, you have his number. No, I don't have his number. Well, that makes perfect sense, Burl. Yeah. 
Well, maybe we won't. Oh, we'll be back. One we'll, be, we'll be back. Whether or not he will be is another question. Yeah. drinking, interrupting obsession with you 24 hours a day on any phone or device. And it's all free. Just go to your friendly app store and search for Outlaw Radio. Then look for the red letters on the sign with the bullet holes in it and download it. It's free. Listen free on the road, in your car, at the beach, or in your backyard. It's all free from Outlaw Radio. This is Buddy Twist saying goodnight from Hollywood. Time out of my busy schedule of ruling the universe of true crime. Sitting next to Howard Lapidus, who represents every Jim Heist <laughs> burglar in the world. Congratulations, Howard. Thank you. My latest masterpiece is Betrayal in Blue. True story of the cocaine cops of the NYPD. They were worried about the cops because they were the cops. What are they going to do? Arrest themselves? Criminals in a squad car. Drug dealers with a badge. It's true story of Michael Dowd and Ken Jarrell. Betrayal in Blue. Written by Burl Bear, Frank C. Gerardo Jr. and the real-life Ken Jarrell. Second most dirty cop in the history of the NYPD who actually now is a real swell guy. And his neighbors were stunned when this book came out to discover that their friendly guy uh, used to be a drug dealing cop. But that's show business. Buy several copies today. Buy it, read it, believe it. And now, let's go back and talk to a guy who could have been a serial killer, except he stopped himself just in the nick of time. Back to True Crime Uncensored with Burl Bear and Howard Lapidus. I've heard of him. And don't forget what's his name here, who actually has a microphone this week. That's Featuring Mark C.G. Boyer. <laughs> Much to everyone's chagrin. Okay, have we got yeah, our would-be uh, guy back on the line? <laughs> John Paul. Uh, yeah. Hi, good to have you back. We thought maybe you decided to hang yourself during the break. But we're glad. Uh, yeah, no, no. I think, uh, yeah, like I say, the ghost of Shawcross is reaching out. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he died, much to his relief. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, before yeah. before we I lost you, I was ask, I was asking the question: Do you feel that uh, in Rochester, New York alone, Rochester, Rochester, Rochester. where he was charged <laughs> with, I think, was it in Rochester? I think five murders. I could be wrong. Uh, was it, do you, it, in your view, and you're speaking with him via letter, do you think it was a higher number? Uh, yeah, I think so. But, uh, yeah, in Rochester alone, it was at least 12. But, again, he was suspected of uh, at least 19. And that when he wrote to me. So how much truth there is to that, I, I don't know. Were, ma mainly, mainly in Rochester was hookers, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's true. That's pretty common. That's because they figure, who cares? Well, the families, of course, well, that's, care. That, that's <laughs> the thinking, anyway. That's the mindset. Yeah. yeah, I used to troll the same streets he did, so I was just wondering if I knew. Well, you didn't kill him. <laughs> you no. just shortchanged him. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were madder about that. Yeah, they probably were. <laughs> They could go after you for that. Next time they see you, you still owe me 35 cents. Yeah. Call there, a were, cop. there were a couple of factors. Call, call a cop. That I'm, kept I'm, the, I'm doing the jokes. Okay. There were a Let couple of factors that kept him stop, from getting caught. 
He doesn't stop. No, no. I don't stop. He doesn't listen either. Yes, he does. Um, now you talk about yourself in the third person. Sealed <laughs> in the uh, lack of interest in looking for killers of prostitutes. There is a lack of interest. But that's well, well, yeah. Let's go to the Vancouver pig farmer. Okay. Ooh. But let's oh, not. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't correspond with him. Willie Picton, yeah, yeah. No, just uh, it's a lot of pressure to uh, dealing with other psychopaths. You know, it's, it's bad enough dealing with one's own own uh, mindset at that level. You know. So you had pressure communicating with Shawcross? Sometimes it was. We had a couple of disagreements here and there. Uh, For instance, over business mainly. When I got to uh, working on his book with him, his memoirs, uh, he, he didn't understand the process of publishing so he ended up getting upset with everybody and that's when uh communication was ultimately shut down uh, you know, they, uh, well i mean didn't you realize that uh, uh serial killers could not profit by writing a, a an autobiography about how they killed people you they're not allowed to get money in the mail for that yeah no, it's, it's a complicated convoluted matter you know yeah, so he got pissed off when uh, the publishers would not give him a large advance because he hasn't finished the book. Yeah, right. And so that, that kind of soured your relationship a bit. Yeah, it, it did. So when he stopped communicating with you, did you feel a, a, a gap in your life? Not that you're going to buy clothes there, but did you feel that there was uh, some sort of, uh, you know, something missing in your life? Like a, like a blank spot, yeah. It, yeah. So did you think of contacting another serial killer to replace him with? No, it's, uh, wouldn't have been the same. This, this one felt organic. Anything else would have felt forced. Ah, yeah, now, I can understand that. Now, you you wrote a book based on these letters, and that's the book that's out now, Burl. Uh, what's, what's the name of it? They're called The Showcross Letters. There you go. Written by our friend here, John Paul. George and Ringo. George and Ringo. <laughs> Faye. John Paul Faye, yeah. Yes, we know yeah. that. John Paul Faye with... Uh, and the, the writer Ryan guy, Faye. the guy who helped you with this. Uh, how did he... I would ask... If he were here, I'd ask him how he handled this. You, you two must have got along better than you and Shawcross. We, we got along extremely well. He, he was very, very supportive, and I kind of needed him to give me a push every once in a while. You know? uh, but I, I, I do still tend to go off the deep end a little bit in, into my own world, so he helped to keep me above uh, my head above water. How did you find? How did you find him? You know, that's uh, Wild Blue Press. They, they they set us up together. They wanted me to have a, a co-author on this. Uh, uh, they they didn't know I could write again, which uh, you know, that's my main thing anyway. But uh, so they they got me filming Brian Whitney and uh, well Brian Whitney didn't Brian also work on the uh, cannibal uh, the cannibal cop cannibal book cop. Yeah, yes, yes, oh, that was yes, a good yes, book yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah he's definitely. a good writer yes he is very good very so good. they set you up with a good guy who was experienced dealing with people uh, who are some sugar. Uh, that's a, a literal so literary you've term. actually you've been at the at the precipice at at the, at the brink of killing somebody and eating them. And, and that's what this book is also about, is a juxtaposition of my life and his, and, uh, and how he affected me, uh, essentially. Uh, but yeah, I was right at the precipice. So you, you, what kept you from doing it? Uh, that's a very valid question. I, I think the main thing was probably the uh, prospect of uh, a thousand years in prison. I don't know. Now that'll slow you down. Especially yeah, if you're yeah, a mortal. for me. Yeah, well, just like death is nature's way of telling you to take it easy. No. Yeah, yeah. But even even if you were immortal, you won't want to spend a thousand years uh, upstate. 
No, no one wanted. No, no. A year upstate is a thousand years. You know, you didn't yeah. want to go there. Yeah. Well, that was rational yeah. thinking on your part. It doesn't matter what kept you from doing it. What matters is that you didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, but again, I was right there. And you, did you spend time? Did you actually spend time in jail at any point? Yeah, I've been in jail here and there, but for a brief periods. And uh, I don't know if you know of Bridgewater over here in Massachusetts, but I was there for a month, about a year ago. Uh, places like that. But overall, I've been doing well, considering. I mean, I, I am uh, somewhat of a deviant, so just the fact that I've avoided much longer sentences is just a miracle in my mind. Well, what were you in for for that year? Uh, it was, oh, well, no, I, I wasn't in, in uh, the jail for a year. I, I, a year ago, I was there for 30 days. Oh, and, uh, okay. It was alcohol and drugs related and uh, assault and battery, um, uh, alleged assault and battery. Uh, I allegedly, uh, one, one thing, I allegedly stabbed my best friend, but... Uh, you You're know, not your best friend anymore. No, but he stabbed me first. No way. Well, he started oh, no, it. That, 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 well, that, that lets you off the hook right there. Uh, Anytime someone stabs you, that's not a good sign for the relationship. But you have no urge of going back to jail. No, exactly. Right, right. How about stabbing? Do you ever fantasize about going back and stabbing your best friend again? Uh, I, certain people dig their own graves, and uh, I think he's doing that for himself. But no, the simple answer is no. Uh, you know, given the opportunity, if uh, you know I could come across his head, I would like to put it on a pike and you know, keep it in my apartment somewhere. What What did he do to you? Uh, let's besides stabbing. Besides the stabbing, what did he do to you? To, what 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 busted up this friendship? So I mean, it burned to the ground. What did well, that? you know, we were, we were best friends for 20 years, and he loved my aunt of all the gold and uh, jewelry, things like that. He snuck behind my back and, and did things like that. He was a thief, you know. He was constantly stealing from, from the family, and we, we practically uh, raised, raised the kid because his own family was a mess, you know, uh, even worse than my own. That's saying something. Yeah, and he, yeah, he used to talk about He was living with me for a month. He used to come back and tell me the latest people he heard outside. He used to... Uh, mug people and frog people and uh so he ended up going away himself I, I don't know where he is now i haven't seen him for several years good uh, yes very good very good actually mm. so i trust you're yeah. you're you're you've you've been picking better friends uh no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well you know what your your honesty is 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 very refreshing um, oh, thank you. about thank you. every part of what you're talking about. I appreciate that. And and uh, yeah. so you've never killed anybody? No, I, I've had a lot of blackouts, but I'm pretty sure I, I've never murdered anybody. Uh, no, I, I have not, no. no. Well, that's good. They haven't figured out a reason why if you were drinking, the blackouts would make sense if you had a little alcohol problem there. Do you ever have blackouts when you are drinking? Uh, no, no, no. Well, see, there you it's go. just drinking-related, and I knew someone who never had a drink in their life, and when they turned 21, uh, they worked for Mission Macaroni. And uh, Mission took him out on a mission for the 21st birthday and bought him a drink. First drink, blacked out. Wow. Wow. That's scary. Jeez. Unbelievable. I've had uh, several seizures due to alcohol withdrawal. I've had some grand mal seizures. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, stuff like that. And so, so further motivation. Yeah. Clean and sober now. Yeah, for the moment, like I say, I take it a breath at a time. Everybody does. How? But how long has it been for you? Uh, 
Let's see. Well, I had about a year and a half with that. But uh, let's see. I had a couple of drinks a few days ago, but just because I broke up with a, a kind of girlfriend. She's an ex-prostitute, kind of prostitute, and uh, that upset me a little bit. So I got back into drinking, but I was able to cut it off. Now, is, do you tend to date ex-prostitutes? Uh, Unlike I, us, who date current ones. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm attracted. You know, I'm attracted to people in the outskirts of society. You know. Yeah. Society. There's a good reason for that. The reason for that, in case you didn't know, is that people who are on the outskirts of society see it from the outside and notice things about it that people on the inside don't notice. Hence, their perception is often very accurate and very entertaining. Simultaneously, their ability to respect borders, I don't mean people renting your house, but, you know, the, the lines between people become blurred. And... Uh, uh, that's, that, that becomes problematic. The people on the outskirts of society tend to have great insight into the society that are uh, entertaining. Did, did you oh, think, did you think that, Burl, and thank you for that, but did you think uh, that you were going to turn her around? She's a, a prostitute, and that's what she... Yeah. You know, you hope for the best uh, with any relationship. And uh, I hope for something a little more substantial. It was, it was more the companionship than anything else. Again, the, the sex was not the first thing in my mind. I right. appreciate her company. You know, I wanted to marry her, um, but she wasn't uh, up, up for it. I, I did offer to marry her, so I guess you could say, say that, yeah. Well, she might have good taste. I mean, do you have the, the dream of the house with the white picket fence and a couple kids in the yard? No, I, I just want a consistent companion, someone to watch TV with, uh, just do relatively uh, normal things with, I, I guess. That know. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Have you thought of a blow-up doll? He did. Yeah, that's, well, well, like I say, the sex isn't the first thing in my mind anyway, and so I mean, that's no reason one would have a uh, blow-up doll. Did you do the, the, um, the, the movie with the, with the serial killer blow-up doll? Yeah, I, I, that's funny. Yeah, that's right. I I, uh, I was the executive producer for that. Uh, blown, you know. I, uh, yeah. I, I never. Yeah, I, it was just a, it was just a you know a stupid comedy horror horror comedy. Did you make some money off of that? That and that that's the thing. Uh, the simple answer is no, but <laughs> it was more for the experience. Anyway, anyway no big deal. That's, did that's, you you, did you, you go into that? it. You, you know it's an investment. You know you, you understand it's an investment, so you're not necessarily going to make money. You just you hope. Yeah, Howard knows all about that. I've been investing for years like that. Just awaiting. Yeah. <laughs> He's still waiting for the check in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing how these things can generate income, and yet no one makes money. <laughs> I, I know. I don't get it. I get it. But yeah, welcome to the wild world of show business. Yeah. Yeah. Serial killing sometimes I thought might be a better way to do it. I just, <laughs> no. Yeah. It, it's not. You know, it's, you know I, I prefer to write about it now, as long as it's a safe, safe, much safer thing for me to be doing. Yes, that's true. It's much safer to write about it, and your odds of making money are about the same. <laughs> Speaking of show business, just the, you know, the one thing I can teach you today, John Paul, about show business, and yeah. you've already kind of learned it because uh, you had that experience with your best friend, but do you know how you can tell who your best friends are in Hollywood? How's that? They're the ones that stab you in the chest. <laughs> yeah, that I can understand. I get you. Okay. 
That's so, very similar to being a police officer, they say. Is that right? Yeah, they are bulletproof vests, and that's uh, the perps in front and the other cops in back. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what uh, What part of the country are you in? I'm in, I'm in Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Love that dirty water. Yep, the standouts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I lived in the Back Bay for a long time, so I know. Oh, the, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Very familiar. So there I am. I, I know every place that you walk. I lived in Rochester. I lived in the Back Bay. I'm glad I missed the serial killers. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. Yep. Yeah. The only thing I know of so, Boston is Mugar Memorial Library. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. So there, there, there you are in Boston, and how is it? We're hoping this book does well for you. How? What else do you have to make a living? What else are you doing? Well, believe it or not, I uh, I actually work with food, so appropriately enough. Just <laughs> appropriate <laughs> raw yeah. food at that. It's in the meat business. Yeah. 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 More or less. But uh, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. It's only a couple of days a week I need, and uh, yeah, I do various things. I, I still occasionally sell on eBay or. Uh, miscellaneous, right? Whatever I do, whatever you need to. That's uh, within re the legal limits, of course. So you're selling shrunken heads? I was. I sold them all. That's why I'm, I'm eager to start uh, buying some back now. I, I actually <laughs> missed the heads. You thinking? Of, are you thinking about writing another book? Yeah, I, I hope. I hope to. I hope to. What uh, the subject matter? What would you tackle yeah, there? It's a very good question. I don't know if I'd have to stay in the same genre or, or, or what, truthfully. Uh, but normally what I've been writing over the years has been science fiction and horror, mainly. No. Who are your favorite uh, authors? Say Burl Bear. <laughs> in the horror uh, and fantasy genre. You can stick with Burl uh, Bear. Be, uh, yeah, it would be Clive Barker, uh, Stephen Barker, King. Yeah. Yeah, I like Clive Barker. Nightbreed. Yes. Yes, right, Nightbreed. Yes, Nightbreed. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, those are the primary ones that. Uh, Lovecraft. Right H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, I don't know. I'm just. I was gonna say. Uh, Non-horror people would be William Burroughs, uh, Charles Bukowski. Ah, okay. uh, but he's a weird duck. Oh yeah, absolutely. So Bradbury. Right. I could relate. Oh God, yeah, he was out there as well. Hey, did you ever see the movie The Reanimator? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, God, yeah, yes, yes. I Isn't have. that a good one? <laughs> it's a great one. It's a classic. Yeah, it's yeah. a great one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two sequels. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. I, I knew about uh, at least the, the first sequel. I, I wasn't sure if they had another one. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I like when the cat comes back. Well, they had the Bride of Reanimator. <laughs> oh, right. That's right. Bride of Reanimator. <laughs> so, yeah. so, 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 guys, do I ask him if he saw Freddy Got Fingered? Do I yeah, ask go him? Go ask him. Yeah. I uh, don't no. Did you see Freddy Got Fingered? It was a horror movie. I, I've seen it uh, numerous times, yes. <laughs> I thought wow. so. You're the target audience. <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that, by the way. You'll Howard see, produced that one. You'll see my name in the first 90 seconds, so it's all good. Uh, yeah, you, you, you got to get a laugh once in a while, too. It can't all be grim and miserable. So, there you go. There's a combination of those things. Look, if you were able to see the comedy and Freddy Got Fingered, you're my guy. <laughs> oh, thank you for saying so. Thank you for watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, just send 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 Howard a thirty five cents so we can pay her off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I, I probably made about thirty five cents on that. Do you have a favorite horror movie? Um, well, probably it would be uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. I think if I which one? To, that 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, the original. Which was surprisingly bloodless. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Of course, it was all off-screen terror. So the guy that was uh, that it was based based after, uh, and I forget his name. Ed you, Gein. Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Yeah, uh, my first wife was a psychiatric RN, and actually treated him at Buffalo General Hospital, and uh, came home and told me that, and I said, "We can't stay married." <laughs> <laughs> You guys were made for each other, Howard. I think this is your new pen pal, is Howard Lapidus. If I wrote letters, he'd be my guy. Yeah, but you don't write letters. No, I write emails, though. Yeah. I guess those are letters. I write a damn good email. Well, uh, you probably got closer to Mr. Shawcross and lived than, than anybody else. Did you sense there was anything wrong with him? Uh, well, he was a he was a pure psychopath, and he admitted that he, he was absolute evil. You know, you, ne you never met him in person, though, correct? Well, that was another thing, a contentious thing. He wanted me to go and meet him, but I had just come back from Arizona after investing in that movie, right? And so I had exhausted my funds, and so that was another thing that we had a bit of a, uh, I guess, an argument, a disagreement over. What, what did he think he was going to do with all this money that he didn't get or that he thought you were screwing him out of? Yeah, no, he, he earmarked, uh, would have me earmarked for certain family members. Oh, I know, see. daughter, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense, because he couldn't get it himself. Do you keep in touch with any of those people? Uh, no, no, I, I, I don't, not, not at all. So that, that part That's of your life, uh, you, you kind of uh, closed the door on that part of your life. Uh, yeah, so far. I don't know if they'll reappear with this book. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. So doing this book was undoubtedly therapeutic for you. Yeah, so that's the thing, yeah. It's, uh, again, ex exercising some serious demons, so. How many uh, How many letters were there, give or take? Oh, let's see. Let's six or seven years of letters. I mean, I, I have a whole pile of them here. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's a lot. There's, there's a lot of them. And plus other drawings he did for me, stuff like that. So the stuff I, I is going to assume, and I haven't read the book yet, but will. But um, I'm assuming that there's letters that didn't make that book that could be really. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't put them. I couldn't put them all, all in. But yeah. Let's talk about the ones that didn't make the book that you think were maybe a little too grisly to make the book. Yeah, it wasn't uh, so much the grizzliness, it was just uh, lack of grizzliness, maybe. I, 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 yeah, you put the gruesome ones in the book. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yes, yes. That brings me back to Dan Zupanski's book. Here you, uh, maybe you shouldn't read that one. <laughs> it's probably very similar, because uh, Dan was uh, uh, corresponding with a real sicko who wanted to be known as the worst killer in the history of Canada, and I think he won oh, the award. Oh, jeez. Oh. That was his motivation. He wanted to be famous for being the most disgusting yeah, killer. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely twisted as well. No question about it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, uh, belatedly, to Dan Zipanski, if he's listening. That's right. I did wish him a birthday, uh, a birthday wish on his birthday. Of course, we all know Dan, uh, who has yeah, the I second best... 
Yeah, he has the second best true crime uh, <laughs> show in, uh, in North American radio. The second best. This, of course, uh, rated the best. And, and we're happy to have you as a guest on this show because uh, we make it uh, that much more interesting, and I think you'll admit that. I thought picking on poor Dan. He's, got enough He's taking the fifth. I love Dan. <laughs> that's a good show, too. Yes, that's why I like him. Yeah. Have you been on Dan's show yet? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you, you left to me, or... Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been on a show myself. Well, that's good. With, with, with Brian, yeah. Yeah, we couldn't get Brian on the show today. He's he's sitting home listening and counting all the money he's making from the book that he's not giving you. <laughs> no, I, I I felt bad he couldn't be on, but that's just technicality. I was actually I was I, I was hoping to have both of you. That's how I went into this, but. Um, you know what? Uh, we'll do Brian another time. Uh, having yeah. you alone, I think, has been very, very special. And uh, you know, we're not we're not quite done yet because we haven't got to the grizzly stuff. But uh, no, I'm kidding. We we have. Um, but but here you are in Boston and 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 working and kind of taking care of yourself the best you can. And and you've got the the door. You keep trying to keep the door slammed on this part of your life, which I find impressive. And um, you sound, as I said earlier, extraordinarily together uh, for a guy that has a, a past that you have uh, that you admit to. So uh, kudos to you, sir. Um, and uh, encouragement uh, for me, of course, to, to read the book. And uh, hopefully our audience uh, jumps on board and uh, and takes a look at this uh, this book where you're exchanging letters with this. Yeah, grizzly, the, uh, the book is guy. called The Shaw Cross Letters, amazingly enough, My Journey into the Mind of Evil. By John Paul Fay and Brian Whitney. You can uh, buy it uh, through uh, Amazon. You can buy it direct from Wild Blue Press. You can get it from Barnes and Ignoble. And uh, you can just stand on a street corner and yell for it. And you can, you can trade for it on, on eBay. Uh, by sending a shrunken head. What are the other kinds of things you trade on eBay? Uh, it's, it ranges from martial arts uh, videos to uh, anything serial killer related. Again, shrunken heads are... Uh, Anything macabre, you know, that, that, that's mainly my thing. So, um, and, and books, various books, classic magazines. What's the one thing that you haven't been able to buy on eBay that you would love to be able to put your hands on? Oh, yeah, that's right. I would love uh, to be able to get an authentic shrunken head these days, but it'd be very, very hard to come by. So that, that's, that's something that's at the top of my uh, wish list. I, yeah, I encountered one of those once, and I, and I kept looking at it and thinking this was a real person, and I felt sorry for them. I, I know. I, I know. If you put too much thought into it, it'll bother you. Yes. Well, you do put thought into it. And how is it that it doesn't bother you? Uh, you know, uh, that, that's a funny, funny thing there. Uh, maybe uh, that's the thing. I try not to think too deeply about it, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm not without conscience. You know, thank God. Yeah, no, really, thank God. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Because that's one of the characteristics of psychopaths. In fact, uh, Dr. Uh, Hare, Robert Hare's book, he was the world's leading expert on psychopaths. His book is entitled Without Conscience. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sounds interesting. It's a very fascinating book. I'm sure you would enjoy it and give you more insights into yourself. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, he's a very nice, a very nice fellow. He's retired now, but he very kindly helped me uh, on my first book, a serious true crime book, Murder in the Family, New York Times bestseller, ladies and gentlemen, now available as an e-book. Uh, he helped uh, me a great deal. We corresponded, not like you and Sharkwas, but he uh, uh, gave me the benefit of his uh, his research into psychopaths, so uh, you would find that valuable. And your friend, Mr. Sharkwas, who did... Dead for a has been dead. Did you want to tell the audience how that happened or what happened? Yeah, yeah it was a natural cause. It was embolism in his leg traveled up to his heart, and it was basically a heart attack back in 2008. And he's he was, gone now. He was he was uh, incarcerated at the time. Thank God. Yeah, 250 years. Yeah. You know, that's interesting about uh, sending, sentencing someone to 250 years. Robert Lee, uh, Robert Lee Yates Jr., the Spokane serial killer, was sentenced to, I believe, something like 450 years in prison uh, from Spokane, and then uh, Pierce County sentenced him to death. Of all the, the little legal argument over that, they said, well, okay, you can kill him after he served his 450 years. They had first call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre in itself. I know. I know exactly what you mean. To uh, to bring things in, into uh, things that have happened recently, the shooting in in Florida. D d any insights into the minds of that guy? Uh, it, it could be any number of things. I mean, a lot of it is, is related to humanity. I think related to what? I mean, uh, uh, just frustration with humanity. It, uh, being set up with uh, human beings. I got an interesting message from Stephen Singular, who wrote the great book, The Spiral Notebook, uh, about the Denver um, theater killer. And he said, it's no no uh, coincidence or accident that it happened on Valentine's Day. These killings come from the heart, which I thought was an interesting <laughs> statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. We're all, we're all a little twisted. You know, you got to try to have some fun with it. Oh, God. <laughs> have some fun with it. Uh, was, there, was there anything in his letters that surprised you? Uh, just that he may have uh, several more victims, uh, I think. And uh, I don't know. Like I say, because you wonder how, how many he actually would, does have or, again, was it exaggeration? I, I don't know. But uh, just the, the victim count is, is uh, something one wonders about. I think that's the main thing for me. Well, yeah, the one thing is that the uh, police jurisdictions try to clear all their unsolved homicides, so quite often they'll try to, you know, link up and uh, have have them. But, he, for example, with with Yates, they figure uh, he did 18. He may have done another 25 uh, or more when he was uh, in the service. Oh, wow. Yeah. The book, uh, Burl. The book's The Shaw Cross Letters by John Paul Fay. And uh, Brian Whitney. Brian Whitney. John Paul, this was a, a true pleasure. We hope to have you on when you have your next book. Continued success. Oh, thank you. And stay sober one day at a time, all right? Absolutely, absolutely. You're a good man, sir. Yeah, glad you didn't kill anybody. <laughs> or need him. Be well. Hey, Burl. Yeah. What's next? Magic Bed Out on the Deepens of Decadence, live at the Loud Love Lounge, the Light Up Lounge, right here on OutlawRadioLive.com.